0: We've got the latest updates on Disney's continuously evolving park closure policies, how they're handling a recent PR nightmare, and even a little Avengers Campus news. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he's been doing nothing but push-ups and dreaming about those Disneyland pickles, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall! Hello. Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry,
1: how you holding up, man? I'm hanging in there. Still uh, fiending for some Disneyland pickles, but uh, (laughs) my search continues.
0: (laughs) Dude, well, it's been, I mean, it's crazy to think that it has been like three weeks of sheltered home and three weeks since all of these park closures and movie theater closures and... You know, it's it's just it both feels like it has been way longer than that and that all of this just happened yesterday.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird for like being at home for so long. Uh, you burn through all this content and everything. And yeah, it's it's been it's I think people are uh, at least I am. I'm starting to get a bit antsy being at home for so long. Uh, the days merging into to uh like weeks and whatnot you don't know what day it is anymore dude it
0: it is so true i mean i pretty much we record this podcast on sundays pretty consistently and so last night at around 10 p.m i was like whoa it's saturday Tomorrow's podcast day. I'd better get everything going and make sure that everything's prepped to go. So I was up until like two in the morning ensuring that everything was uh, was prepped and we had uh, our stories pulled and we had some kind of semblance of a show for today. So yeah, I mean, we're definitely going stir crazy too. You know, my uh, Avery, my two-year-old daughter is pretty much climbing up the walls at this point. She is like so bummed out that she can't play with other kids, that we can't go to the park. She's like at that age where... Um, you know, she's just like, "What are you guys doing?" She's so confused in terms of why we're just kind of stuck inside and in place for a while. So it is just—it's chaos at our place. Oh, I imagine. Is there—is there anything in particular that you maybe caught up on that you would recommend in terms of uh, in terms of streaming shows?
1: Oh no, I haven't caught up on anything. Um, so uh, uh, I've been. I mean, I got so much stuff to actually catch up on. If anything, what I've been watching is I always have Golden Girls on in the background. <laughs> so uh, I've been watching a bunch of Golden Girls. I mean, we started catching up on some of the anime that uh, we watch, Black Clover. But uh, I mean, it's not either here or there, although I'm kind of happy uh DuckTales started showing new episodes so that's kind of cool
0: oh I've heard I'm so far behind I think I I watched the first season that was good man that's a they did a really good job bringing that show back
1: oh yeah like uh, initially I was kind of like uh, I don't know about this animation style but I think having like Donald Duck there really like really like made it a lot better it's just it it's so good that you know I kind of got caught up in it really quick and just watched as much as possible and it looks like this season they're introducing uh goofy into it so
0: yeah i was gonna say i saw there was some screenshot i saw of <laughs> of goofy and modern ducktails which uh which is pretty wild to think about i mean they're they're really they're really uh they're really taking it there
1: oh yeah and it's uh yeah. i mean having donald made it so much better uh i, I mean i always Wanted to see Donald in the original DuckTales, so that was definitely uh, scratching that itch I had before, and he does make it better. I mean, it makes me think, like, uh, I don't think people really realize it, but I think uh, Donald Duck has got to be one of the first kind of single dads ever on like any kind of tv <laughs> type media i mean they usually didn't show kind of a single dad in this type of atmosphere until now
0: was he so was he? was he their dad Huey dewey and louis he was their dad or was he their uncle for some reason he's I have their in my uh,
1: mind. he's their uncle but for all intents and purposes he's their father their father uh, figure yeah i mean their he's father. raising them. so yeah, yeah. right
0: yeah there's that. there's definitely something about those Disney characters being kind of those parental figures because that was the deal with goofy as well, right? even in the old the kind of towards the end of the Disney animated shorts and theaters that was like the goofy thing was that he would he was kind of that uh that single dad figure and then of course, with goof Troop and a goofy movie, he's single dad,
1: right? Well, I don't think in the the old cartoons, I don't think he had kids, but in the like in the like Disney like animated afternoon shows, yes, he did, but I don't remember him having kids, but then he also was like that character that they used for some of those like uh it wasn't necessarily a goofy, but they used goofy for like uh the Mr. Wheeler and stuff like that, which I watched during Driver's Ed. I don't think he had kids in the the old original cartoons, but uh. But I think that was something that they introduced in the uh, Disney afternoon uh, cartoons and stuff.
0: Got it. So we can get right into things. So one quick correction that we wanted to call out right at the top here was that we previously mentioned that all Disney and Universal parks had been closed for coronavirus containment. And that is not actually accurate because believe it or not. Universal Studios Singapore has been open this entire time, though they have had a reduced lineup of attractions. That will, however, no longer be the case come April 7th, as the park will be joining all other locations and shutting down until at least May 4th. So uh, they've pretty much been, it sounds like, they've been using just general containment guidelines. And Singapore has been pretty pretty hardcore about uh, rooting out uh, anybody that had coronavirus and trying to keep them quarantined and contained as much as possible. But, I mean, in this, the way that things are going, you're not going to operate a theme park in this kind of climate. But uh, But, yeah, it had been open for this entire time, so... Big correction on our part. Who would have thought?
1: That's crazy to think that that was still open all this time. But uh, <laughs> I wonder what kind of crowds they were seeing there, if they were seeing any at all. I don't know, man.
0: You know, well, it's hard to say for Singapore. Singapore is a very different kind of culture in that sense than uh, than the U.S. is. Certainly, if you had a theme park in the U.S. open, people would be there, whether they should be or not, like, like we've talked about. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But now that that's out of the way, we're gonna start the week of park news off with a few updates on what we discussed last week. So first and foremost, Disneyland has officially joined Walt Disney World in making available a special offer to resort guests that have been impacted by the current park closures. InsideTheMagic.net has the details, which states that, quote, eligible Disneyland visitors will receive special rates at on site resorts for most arrival dates, June 1st to December 31st. Discounts include 10% off the regular premium room rate at Paradise Pier, 15% off standard rooms, or 20% off premium rooms at both Disneyland Hotel and Grand Californian Hotel. Now I hear what you're saying. What exactly is an eligible Disneyland visitor? Well, according to Disney Parks and Resorts, those are. Quote, guests who booked a Walt Disney Travel Company vacation package to stay at the Disneyland Resort during the dates that the Disneyland Resort theme parks are closed and through May 31st. And obviously that will continue should the parks uh, closures be extended. They also state that any reservation canceled before March 1st, which would have been two weeks before the parks actually closed, are not eligible So it's a little more limited of an offer than Disney World's offer, which was a free dining meal plan because it's much less necessary at Disneyland to book on site for your hotel. Uh, I I imagine this is going to be a much smaller subset of people than Disney World. But, I mean, it's still a very generous kind of discount that they're offering.
1: Yeah, I imagine it's because also they probably are more limited just because, as you say, is that uh, Disneyland is a local's park. Generally, oftentimes people aren't traveling as far to go to Disneyland. That's not always true, per se, anymore. I think I've seen more uh, foreign visitors now that there's Galaxy's Edge, but still I think that's probably part of the reason that you don't see it as generous as Disney World.
0: At Orlando, you're encouraged, just because of distance from everything else, you're encouraged to stay on-site at one of the resort hotels. Much easier to stay off-site at Disneyland Resort, where, I mean, you know, there are plenty of hotels on Harbor and right off of Harbor, which is that main kind of strip right outside the entrance, that are just as, if not even closer than some of the other Disneyland hotels. Obviously not Grand Californian, which is right inside of. it. It has its own entrance into California Adventure. But still, I mean, there are plenty of places that are right across the street from the entrance. So your family, like I know a lot of families are trying to save a little bit of extra money, especially with these price increases that have occurred. So they book off site. It would mean that you're, you don't necessarily apply for this discount. But I mean, at 10 to 20%, usually when you price out Disneyland property hotels, they're significantly more expensive than what you're going to get on an offsite anyway. So, you know, you're still probably going to be end up paying less staying offsite than you would, even with this discount.
1: Oh, Definitely. If you're planning to stay at the Grand California, staying offsite is going to be far cheaper than <laughs> staying there.
0: Well, and even with so interesting update with um, the Disney World offer too. So I had talked about last week, my situation and that I had booked hotels.com and then also got my seven-day ticket through Undercover Tourist. And so there was this curiosity that I had in terms of, well, does this offer that Disney World is offering apply to me as well? Because technically my vacation was disrupted. I had my, my Disney experience hotel reservation numbers. It was in the system. So I still don't have a very clear answer on terms of if uh, this applies to me. There's been a bit of a bit of a curveball thrown in that the details of their offer are very specific. In that you basically need to purchase a new package, which includes hotels and park tickets. So because I have a park ticket that I'm not getting a refund on, um, it may not necessarily make sense for me to get a brand new ticket for however many days that I'm going to end up staying once I end up booking my trip. Also, an interesting detail that came about while I was inquiring and poking around the details of that Disney World offer is that because um, you're getting a dining plan and it's the free dining plan offer, part of the deal is that you would pay rack rate for your hotel. So any kind of discount that you were getting or that you might get wouldn't necessarily apply to it. So it requires a little bit more math to figure out if it's actually worth it, even though it's quote unquote a free dining plan. I still might be spending more on my hotel. I still might be spending more because I have to purchase another ticket now. So I don't have a final confirmation on all of this yet and whether or not it does or doesn't apply for me, but outlook not so good.
1: Yeah, I think in that kind of situation, I think I would go with the the known discounts and forego the, the free dining plan. I mean, I think if you had uh little ones that you're bringing with you, I maybe that would be different, but since it's just yourself, I find that uh, surprisingly, if uh, when me and my wife go, I don't eat as much when I'm there, even though I'm surrounded by so much food, we're so busy doing stuff that, um, it's literally I gotta like force myself to stop and eat. So it would be better to get buy your food than and get the discounts uh, elsewhere.
0: Yeah, you have a pretty good amount of flexibility, especially for I th- I, I would qualify for the quick service dining plan. But generally, when I go to the park, I'm more of the kind of guest and and person that maybe skimps out on a few of my meals during the time time that I'm there and maybe just kind of eats light and then has like one big meal during the day. And then I would like to try to consolidate budget that I have uh, for meals towards a place that I really am interested in. As opposed to just uh, a quick service, and so sometimes you can luck out uh, and go to really awesome quick service places. But there are also a couple of uh, table service places I'm interested in that you know would would kind of take me out of that um, that normal plan that I have in terms of uh, saving for it. So makes sense trying to figure all of that out, of course. But it'll be interesting to see how many people actually bite on that offer because certainly to your point there are circumstances where maybe it makes sense and you're actually getting some legitimate savings, but it's not quite the sweet deal that I think a lot of people were hoping for initially when they announced it in that, hey, you were booked to, for a vacation here. So here's a free dining plan as consolation. It's, it's a little more strings attached, which I guess you should expect,
1: right? Yeah. I think instead of being such a like a like like a sweet deal per se, it's kind of a nice perk. Uh, is the way I would look at it, in that, uh, yeah, it's not something to uh, necessarily that would maybe convince me to go, uh, but it would be something that if I was going anyways, it would be nice to have. Yeah.
0: So we also have an update on a little PR storm that's been brewing over annual pass holder payments at the U.S. Disney parks. If you remember when the initial wave of park closures was announced, a whole lot of APs were wondering what exactly this would mean for their passes. They paid or are paying for access to the park that was now getting significantly reduced. Disney came out a few days later with a blanket statement saying that however many days that park was closed for and your pass was eligible for entry, that length of time would be added to your expiration date. What they didn't say, however, was that if you are someone that pays for your pass monthly as opposed to one lump sum, that regular bill is still coming, even though the park is closed. As you can imagine, given current events, this generated a ton of complaints and even a few stories in the press. I definitely saw something over at TMZ about this. Disney at first stuck to their guns, but on Thursday announced a bit of a policy reversal. So, for annual pass holders, all automatic monthly payments will stop as of April 5th, so they will not be deducting any, anything from your account on April 5th anymore. You then have two different options to go with. The first is to simply postpone all payments during this closure time frame so that once the parks reopen, all charges will resume on a monthly basis and your expiration date will be extended by however many closure days you are eligible for. The second option is a retroactive refund of payments made between March 14th and April 4th. When the parks do eventually reopen, you'll continue with your monthly payments. However, your expiration date will not be extended. And if you're an annual pass holder that did pay in full, uh, you also have these two options. However, the main difference is that the refund that you'll get will be for however many eligible days that the park was closed, and then you won't be extended as a result. So few options that you're, you're forced to choose with. This seems like this was something that, uh, that Disney needed to do. The idea that they would uh, continue to charge, given the state of affairs with people getting laid off and maybe not necessarily having the funds to pay for a monthly fee for their Disney pass, especially since the parks were closed, seems, seems a little cold hearted.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a tough time for everybody for sure, but uh definitely for annual pass holders it's kind of like a slap in the face like, you know, you, you're we're not open, but we're still charging you. Um but I'm glad that they finally did something about this to help those people. I mean, everybody's having a tough time at this point.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, the way that it's the way that they're selling it to, I mean, it, you know, it's the right way of going about it and basically saying, hey, regardless of what happens, you're still gonna get the same number of days of validity on your pass. So it's not going to change whether you are paying to have it extended or whether you're, you know, not paying for the days that you're not going to be able to go anyway, it does force you to maybe look at, I mean, we talked about maybe some of the challenges with getting your pass extended especially if you have a lower tier pass let's say and the parks reopen in the summertime and it's just blackout central maybe it doesn't make sense for you in that sense to get that extension and instead you get the refund and then apply that refund towards a new pass later on or you know for whatever you need it for in the immediate you know so you you do have that flexibility which is nice Um, and you know (laughs) It really just comes down to as well. It's like in looking at the discussion around this. All over the internet, you know, there were plenty of people that were taking both sides and saying, like, this is really cold-hearted and a pretty narrow view of of things from Disney's perspective. And then there were plenty of people saying, well, hey, you entered into a binding agreement with them and that you were, you know, you, you basically were spreading that fee out over a period of time. So technically, if you were to apply that logic to, like, a car loan and you totaled your car or your car got stolen, outside of insurance, of course— Uh, you're still on the hook for any kind of remaining payments for that. And it's like, yeah, that's true, but there's, there's what's legally right. And then there's what is kind of morally right. Certainly Disney is a business and certainly Disney is hurting as well right now because it's, you know, most of its aspects of its business right now are, are kind of on hold and losing money. But I think a point that you made a few episodes ago, they're going to be fine long term. It's not like when the parks reopen, people aren't going to come back. It seems like this was morally, but then just just like as a, as a human being, this was the right move
1: to make. It's It's in their best interest to do something like this because... Yeah, you could force people to pay for this, but this this would sour a lot of people to like, oh, I'm never going to be an AP uh, member ever again after this type thing. So this is still in Disney's best interest to make their uh, APs happy.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, for for Disneyland especially, where such a huge portion of... Park goers are annual pass holders, Um, but even at at Disney World, you still have plenty of annual pass holders. And regardless, like if you're committing that kind of money for the year, chances are you are – a top level Disney Parks fan. It's not like you're somebody that is, you know, you're going to go once and never show up again. Like, it, you know, each year you have to make that decision of is this the amount of money that I want to dedicate and commit to a full year of Disney Park going? And when you're at the parks, you're spending more money on food and merchandise and da da da, 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 da. And so it's like, you know, of course you want to take care of your biggest fans. Of course it is the right move to make because the people that are going to make the decision of if they want to continue to spend that, you know, six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars $1,000, more, 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 more. It's like, those are going to be the people you
1: want to take care of. Yeah. Especially because I mean, at this point, the last thing, you know, they, I mean, they've been moving people to try and buy these annual passes so you know it, it would be in their best interest to make those people happy because and disney's always been about the big picture in the long term so this is something that's in their best interest for the long term they're not going to be just thinking about these people who own the annual passes now but the next generation who are their kids that you know my wife one of the things that she grew up liking disney one of the reasons is because her grandmother liked disney so this is something that is you know passed down from generation to generation the idea of being a annual pass holder is the same thing it's being passed down from generation to generation you sour that with one generation you could be hurting yourself again in the long term.
0: Good good on Disney for making the right call there because that's uh, that's big. So good times. So with these park closures, last week we talked about how cast members with Disney Parks experiences and products would be paid up until April 18th. We now have confirmation that after this date, all U.S.-based non-essential cast members and employees will be furloughed. Specifically called out were executives, salaried, and non-union hourly employees. This furlough will also include Disney Cruise Line, Disney Store, and Film Studio employees. In this announcement, Disney did note that it will continue to maintain health and insurance benefits coverage, paying both employer and employee contributions. Uh, And I do want to note, too, the difference between furlough and layoff, because I've seen a lot of conversation around this. So layoff generally is a, a severing of uh, ties between an employer and employee. So you're able to file for unemployment benefits, but you know usually your health insurance and health benefits are, are cut off completely at that point, as opposed to a furlough, which implies anyway that there is an intention to rehire you once whatever this downtime that uh, the company's going through is over, and it it allows you to apply for unemployment, but the company will still cover your health benefits. And so clearly, Disney called out that is what they're doing. So that is pretty big uh, on them to continue doing as well. Um, hopefully, this uh, this is not something. Hopefully, it remains this way, and this isn't going to continue to be extended out. But um, but it does seem like that the company is gearing up for not necessarily a short turnaround in terms of these closures that we still have we still have some time to go here.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I mean, uh, yeah, I have a little bit of experience with this. My, my wife is currently on for low, but uh, as they say, it's that uh, the idea is, is that uh, they are still employees of the the company. So at least that's some peace of mind that I mean uh, one of the worst things is is uh, of course, something I have experienced with is is that uh, once you are laid off, you have to look for a job. and then at this time, uh, during the pandemic, of course, uh, you're going to see very few places hiring, if any. Yeah, be brutal. Uh, so, I mean, at least you have the peace of mind that once this the shelter in place has been lifted, uh, you still have a job. And yes, it's very important uh, that you have your health benefits. And it's good that, that they are not only paying their part of it, but they're pay- paying the employees part of the health insurance. So that is something at least very nice of them to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty big. I mean, that's quite a generous gesture because they're certainly not uh, in any way obligated to do that. And to your point, I mean, really, it's seems like it's to kind of give employees the peace of mind of like, Hey, this sucks right now. Have your opportunity to file for unemployment, but know that, you know, we're going to take care of you, at least from a health insurance perspective and
1: you know once this blows over
0: you still have your job waiting for you so that's that's you know big ups to disney for making that call too
1: i mean during these times the last thing i think families need to be doing is worrying about their uh, health insurance which is very important to have right now i mean it's it's a good thing on them for doing that
0: Uh, and finally so our last updates around the disney park closures for today anyway, is that Tokyo Disney Resort has now halted all sales of annual passports and open date tickets. So uh, this story is coming to us from WDW News today. Even though both parks closed on February 28th and will remain that way until at least April 20th, the resort has still been selling annual passports and open date tickets. As of April 3rd, this is no longer the case, and Disney will be suspending all ticket sales. As a reminder, if you are someone with unused tickets dated or expiring between February 29th to May 31st, you can either exchange them for an open-ended ticket that's good until March 31st, 2021, or just receive a full refund for your ticket. So uh, it's the other piece that i um, that was mentioned in the article here at WDW news today is that apparently uh, ticket sales were still pretty, pretty brisk. So Hmm. certainly brings a uh, bit of a complication into things and that we have no idea when those parks are going to be open. And again, this is another indication that perhaps they're going to be closed for still a little bit longer.
1: Yeah. That just seems like uh, having them selling tickets is just potentially like going to cause them more kind of headaches in the, future because as you said we don't know when they're going to reopen and that's just going to cause them to have to do more type of uh paperwork to get like refunds and figure out how to deal with those people who've been buying tickets even though (laughs) for a time that they potentially aren't going to be open so yeah yeah i'm kind of surprised that they were even selling these to begin with that that doesn't sound very uh smart Thing to do at this time,
0: I guess I can kind of see. At least with open-ended tickets, the idea is that you have a year uh, for the day to purchase to use them. But you know, uh, to your point, it's like you know, you know that the parks aren't going to be open in the next month. Let's say uh, probably the next two months, maybe even longer than that. And so, you know, at least from a messaging standpoint, it does send a weird message of just like, hey uh, you know, we're going to be open for business real soon. So come and buy your tickets now while you know that it's still good. And it's kind of like, maybe we should just hold off on that until we have a little bit more of uh, a little bit more information. It's, it's kind of like what we were talking about the idea of, um, you know, Disney at first communicating that, you know, this was only going to go, this closure at least was only scheduled until the end of the month, as opposed to them coming out and saying the parks are closed indefinitely, which at least from a guest standpoint, you understand that like, okay, it's going to be a while. And until I hear something differently, it's probably not worth even getting too deep into the, uh, the planning rabbit hole.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that people are eager to get back into the park. You can see that people are still very eager to go to Disneyland, which is, is great. Uh, But it's best that they they halt sales for now until we have more information because i keep hearing more and more about how the coronavirus type thing is it's something that's going to take a while so yeah we don't have that information of how long the experts are still trying to come up with that time frame but
0: yeah well if the olympics being uh delayed by a year didn't give you the indication that Tokyo is going to remain under lockdown for a little bit longer. This certainly should. All right. So, how about we brighten things up with a little fun news? So, um, how does a little more Avengers Campus news sound to you, Henry? It uh, sounds great. Yeah, man. Let's uh, let's get to looking uh, forward to uh, to brighter moments here. So ComicBook.com is reporting on a digital media preview that they attended for the new land coming to both Disney California Adventure in Hanaheim and Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris. In this preview, they gave us a few details that answer some of the questions that we've been having around the land. So the biggest of the bunch is that it's now confirmed that Avengers Campus will not exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe canon. Dan Fields, executive creative director of Disney Parks Live Entertainment, said, quote, This campus exists in the real world, and therefore, those heroes, those heroes are here and keep an eye on us. Keep us all safe. There's no apocalyptic snap happening in this campus. He then went on to confirm that the Thanos snap, which erased half of all living beings on Earth, never occurred in this version of events. Walt Disney Imagineering staff writer and Avengers Campus story lead, Jillian Pagan, explained, quote, Avengers Endgame especially gave us the opportunity to go back in time and then split off in a different timeline. If you think about when the Avengers went back to 2012 and Endgame, they had a shared history. So I'm curious on what your take of this on this news is, Henry, because we had talked about... How that was going to play, how how Marvel events in the Marvel Cinematic Universe were going to play into Avengers Campus, and how it was going to um, maybe be like or be different from the way that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge handles canon. So, as as our resident comics expert, I'm curious on your take.
1: Well, I think uh, one of the <laughs> one of the biggest things, the reasons why is if you think about that if the snap did happen and everything well one of the big things that you couldn't have is iron man because he dies right in the movies spoiler alert, <laughs> i guess uh yeah. so you so you couldn't have iron man there and uh that would be kind of a a, a big hit cuz that's one of the that was one of the heroes that started off the MCU is is uh, Iron Man so I think they want to be able to include Iron Man in there plus uh we don't know how these um MCU and some of these other uh TV shows in the uh for Disney Plus are going to play out as far as the MCU canon goes so I think they they're just keeping their options open and not pigeonholing themselves to mm-hmm. uh, a certain, certain limitations, I guess. So, I mean, potentially like you could have like cartoons and whatnot else that they start doing. Cause the MCU has got so much content and to kind of lock out that content. Uh, it's easier. I think with uh with the galaxy's edge because the star Wars movies are pretty, uh, minimal, but there's a ton of Marvel movies. And now you have all these like TV shows coming out and you have the cartoons as well. Um, so there's so much content out there and not to mention just the comic books too. Uh, I think they don't want to limit themselves. I think uh, I think that's a wise thing to do as well, because you never know when. Even looking at comic books, oftentimes they have to reset continuity, uh, so it's good to see that they're kind of keeping that in mind that they're not going to limit themselves by trying to stick to something that it's going to be really difficult to do just because there's so much content out there from a, a guest perspective it could get really confusing uh and it'd be tough for even for the cast members to kind of keep straight as well i imagine
0: yeah right yeah i i think um in one of the articles that was covering it i forget it was either Forget where exactly, but specifically they called out like the uh, the idea of like some some guest going up to Spider Man and asking him about the death of Tony Stark or whatever the latest and greatest kind of events in the latest Spider Man movie is, and it's kind of like you know you could see a lot of these questions being lobbed at, uh, at cast members that are just like I'm sorry, we can't keep up, kid. <laughs> um, but uh, but also, I mean, to your point, it's like with both Iron Man and Captain America being removed essentially from the, you know, uh, most of the MCU at this point. It's kind of like those those two characters anyway, are pretty big in terms of just a level of recognition and level of even association with Avengers and Marvel movies and all of that. And so the idea of not having either of those characters at the park, is uh, is pretty wild like I think a lot of people are gonna show up much like you were saying expecting to see Iron Man and expecting to see Captain America. He's there at the park anyway if you go to DCA right now uh, you know or, or, or at least when it's open uh, if you go to DCA Captain America's there in that um, in that back area of Hollywood land mm-hmm. so you know it's ar- it's already something that's that's established as uh, he's already an established character and in, in the parks. Similarly, we have a Black Widow movie coming out now at the end of the year. So it, it would seem very strange to not have Black Widow uh, in, you know, uh, as, as kind of a marketing synergy within your park. Because the movie takes place in the past and in the current MCU timeline, she's she's uh, dead. Is that right? Am I right in terms of my, my Marvel character alive and dead tally?
1: Well, uh, I believe she is dead but then i've always i haven't been keeping up on the black widow movie because i don't i don't watch the trailers i, I think i watched one trailer just to kind of like oh it was during the super bowl and i let myself go but then uh i don't watch any of that stuff or read up on any of that stuff so i don't ruin the movie for myself so <laughs> <laughs> uh but purist well, I mean, I want to keep it new. They show s- so much in those trailers that, right. you know, I want everything to be like fresh and uh, yeah, and new for me. Uh, so, according to the movie, yes, she is she is passed. But I mean, in the comic books, they've done similar, and people have come back. Uh, so it, I mean, in as people probably know uh, especially people who are uh fam- very familiar with the comic books is that it's rare that a, a uh, character dies forever but i think too the question could get where things could get really confusing is and i'm not too sure uh how the uh falcon and uh, winter soldier tv show works out but uh after when uh, Captain America passes on the shield to Falcon, he becomes a Captain Falcon character where he's, he's still the Falcon, but he's actually acting as Captain America as well. It would be really confusing. Right. Like which version are you going to see in? I mean, I'm at, I hope they actually have a uh, Falcon at the uh, uh, Avengers campus, but which version of Falcon would you see? Would you see, the Captain Falcon, or would you see Falcon? Uh, so it's no. I I think
0: it's going to be you'll see you'll see Falcon. You'll see yeah exactly standard Falcon because you're going to see Captain America walking around. And So I mean it's it, you know there's definitely wiggle room which I think is what they're going for right. They can do whatever they want now with this because this is kind of under this guise of. Uh, of kind of a, a maybe a multiverse split, so um, so they can they have tons of flexibility to work with here. But generally, I'm it, it would seem like they're going to lean into whichever is the most popular and well recognized version of whatever characters, or or just whatever is the most popular characters of the moment are what's going to be in the park.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's one of those things that I think uh comic book fans have kind of grown accustomed with is that you know continuity wise comic books are can be all over the place and i think they realize that with the avengers campus and they're just going to be more flexible and do what is <laughs> less confusing and easier for and the best for interest of the avengers campus uh so right yeah
0: so why do you think uh, i'm curious why the change or at least why the difference in approach based off of avengers campus compared to galaxy's edge where that is a very strict canon that does exist in the same canon as whatever the movies are
1: well, I think it's, for one thing, uh, I think it's easier to control something like Star Wars just because there's not as much content out there. That At least remember when uh, Disney took over, uh, bought uh, Lucasfilm, they basically put the kibosh on all the extended universe stuff and right. whatnot that we had or the particular stuff in the extended universe or in video games and stuff that they said was previously canon and said, no, that's not canon. And they basically said, only stuff in the movies was canon. So they basically kind of laid down the law back then. And then now with the Galaxy's Edge, they said, well, only stuff in the current trilogy is gonna be included in the, the Galaxy's Edge. And I think it's easier for them to kind of control that. Um, That being said, I think there was a bit of a backlash from that as well. And I think they kind of, hopefully they kind of recognize that in that, you know, cause I think I was definitely one of those people who really want to see some like older, like star Wars stuff in there. And I think, uh, I think they kind of recognize that with, especially with how messy that um, comic book canon can be. uh, Especially, uh, there's so much like different movies out there. With, I mean, because you don't just have the MCU stuff, but you have like stuff coming out from Sony, which is technically not an MCU but it's still characters from Spider-Man. I think they're trying to get ahead of that with at least for Avengers campus and trying to like make it less confusing for guests and, and definitely less confusing for uh, the cast members to, as you put it, answer these questions potentially that are going to be asked of them or what they have to try and live up to as they're playing these characters. There's uh, comic book continuity can get really confusing, really confusing.
0: Right. And then so having, having them having the ability to kind of pick and choose various touch points that people are familiar with and not have to worry about the constraints of canon is an opportunity for them to bridge people's understanding of Marvel and make it a little bit more accessible. Oh, for sure. Well, we'll see. We will see for sure there there were two more little bits of news that came out of this um that came out of this presentation so along with the announcement about marvel uh marvel's avengers campus canon not being consistent with the marvel cinematic universe came word that marvel will be revealing a brand new iron man suit when Avengers, when Avengers Campus debuts at Disney California Adventure. So this goes to what you're saying, Henry. Uh, so Dan Fields commented as well that, quote, this is a Disney Parks exclusive suit from the Iron Man Arsenal. This is the Mark 80. You will only find it here, and Iron Man will be waiting for you out in front every day in front of Avengers headquarters for truly awesome heroic encounters. So not being in continuity for the Marvel Cinematic Universe means Iron Man greets you at the gate. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you, if it was canon, he couldn't be there. Not only that, but he couldn't have this special suit. That being said, I mean, as you saw in, like, Iron Man 3, he has so many suits. Uh, has, and in the comic books, he, I think the suits are even cooler. Uh, although... It would be amazing if they had the uh, Hulkbuster. (laughs) Uh, Damn, that would be really cool. That would be amazing.
0: Well, it also seems like maybe this suggests that throughout the life of Avengers Campus, however long it is, you're going to see maybe different iterations of Iron Man suits. So it'll be either, whether it's kind of a marketing opportunity with something else, or it's just kind of a cool new thing that they can introduce every once in a while.
1: Oh, yeah, I hope so. Because, I mean... I've always loved the uh the the Iron Man armors uh goes back to one of my favorite uh Iron Man uh story arcs was his uh Armor Wars where he actually had to uh wear a lot of his different armors uh to uh fight other of his armored enemies and stuff uh cuz somebody had stolen he finds out that uh, somebody had stolen his tech and was using it and giving it to his enemies to uh, mm. make their own armor to fight him and stuff. So, and he didn't want to see his his tech used to hurt people, which goes along with mm. MCU uh, for the most part. Right. So,
0: yeah. So, and, and another interesting thing with all of this is that in um in Hong Kong Disneyland which are they I don't think they're calling it Avengers Campus but they have kind of a satellite um they have a satellite area within Tomorrowland that is it's like Shield headquarters or something like that but anyway Iron Man is also featured very prominently in Tomorrowland um they basically have it's like a mini Stark Expo that they built where you can kind of go in they have a bunch of different props and various different iron man suits that you can check out Um, it's not like a full hall of iron man armors but you can see just various different things that i think it rotates to throughout so might not always be the same stuff they might rotate in different suits but they've got um, quite a few things on display and then that's where the iron man experience ride is as well and the whole kind of um, whole storyline of that has you Uh, visiting Stark Expo and taking a ride in this kind of vehicle transport. It's It's basically Star Tours meets Iron Man. And it's very fun. If you're a fan of Star Tours, I know you are, Henry. It's definitely a very cool kind of opportunity to basically check out Iron Man and be in this kind of new Iron Man story. Definitely seems like he's going to continue to be heavily featured throughout the Disney parks. And I feel like they've, they've discussed previously about them being there being some kind of connections between the various different Marvel locations at the various different Disney parks. So it seems like that would be a ripe connection to make. Like that would be super awesome. If there are little bits in Avengers campus that tie in with Iron Man experience or Avengers headquarters in Hong Kong.
1: Iron Man not only is, is a favorite over here, but abroad he's, he's pretty well loved, especially, uh, in Asia. They, they love armor and, and mech type stuff. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, there was the, there was the, uh, Iron Man anime, uh, a while ago, um, which was pretty cool to see the, the different armor and that and whatnot. So, uh, he is beloved by every everybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's and it sounds like he will be featured prominently everywhere that there is an Avengers campus. I'm guessing this is going to be the case in Paris as well. So, uh, plenty more of Iron Man to come, which is uh, which is great. So, one last little nugget of news that came out of the media preview as well is uh, a couple of items that will be offered at Terran Treats which will be the Guardians of the Galaxy-themed food cart located right next to Mission Breakout. So the Infinity Stone-inspired treats include a Cosmic Cream Orb, which will be a crispy cream puff with whipped raspberry cheesecake mousse inspired by the Purple Power Stone. And the second item is a Sweet Spiral Ration Churro, which will come in six different colors and flavors. So the colors are red, blue, green, orange, yellow, and purple, which are the Infinity Stone colors. Uh, There isn't any word on what those flavors are going to be, but uh, last year they did have a Disney After Dark Marvel Avengers, uh, or what is it, Marvel Heroes Assemble um, late night event where they had Infinity Stone-inspired churros, and those flavors were orange, orange, blue raspberry, lemon, cherry, blackberry, and green apple. And if I remember correctly, the feedback was not so great on the, uh, the various flavors. I think generally across the board, people preferred the uh, normal churros. So hopefully there's maybe a, a recipe tweak here or there to make them a little more palatable. But uh, if nothing else, I mean, it sounds like that's going to be both of those items, the cream puff and the churros are ripe for Instagram pictures. Like it's going to be very colorful, very cool.
1: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm kind of uh, like on the fence on this one because it I think I would be more on board with this if they looked more like infinity stones. Uh, this yeah. just seems this seems like it's like, ah uh, well, you know, we'll just change churros to be the same color. And it seems kind of reaching in this case uh i mean i might i might get one while i'm there but i don't know it's not doesn't feel like something i would necessarily like go out of my way to get
0: there is an opportunity there with it being guardians of the galaxy themed to really kind of go and kind of push those boundaries of otherworldly looking food and make it look like really something unique The churros, anyway, look like what you would kind of expect. It's sort of a spiral of churro that's brightly colored. Um, The cream puff looks like, uh, it looks cool and very colorful, but it does look like a cream puff. This is something that Galaxy's Edge did a very good job of, in general, of making their food at least look really alien and really unique and have a very specific look to that land. That Like, you're not going to find that. You're not going to find the yip-nip chicken and... Like Galaxy's Edge, you're not going to find that anywhere else within the park. And so, you know, you would kind of expect that at Guardians of the Galaxy. And perhaps that would be the opportunity within Avengers Campus to do that because everything else is a little more grounded in reality. But uh, so maybe there'll be a couple of additional food items announced. But yeah, so far, not super impressive, but should be colorful.
1: When I think of like what, uh, like a, uh, infinity stone treat would be i almost think of like like those gushers candy uh fruit g- gushers <laughs> right, right i mean those seem like those would be like all right if, if i saw like a infinity stone that is what kind of comes to mind but like the right. the i saw the picture of the uh swirled churro and that just seems like oh well that's it swirl true. it doesn't it doesn't it, it's not as as you pointed out like the stuff for um uh galaxy's edge seems more alien plus especially stuff like you know the blue milk you know that's something that is very you know tied to star wars whereas it it i know it's tougher with uh marvel because it is grounded more in reality uh and especially if you're looking at MCU uh there isn't uh anything that really comes to mind where that stands out as something that you know they eat that isn't readily available outside you know the movies
0: i, I mean i do think that they've they are doing that a little bit with the pims test kitchen like the stuff that we've been talking about and have been seeing is really creative. I mean, it's not super out there, but it, you can tell that they are really putting a lot of effort into selling the idea of, of kind of um, various different shapes and sizes with food. And so it it does seem like there's a ton of effort being in creativity being put into that restaurant. So maybe we're starting to get the sense that, you know, in addition to the food carts being, you know, obviously a much smaller subset of items Maybe they're going to be a little bit more standardized because we know about now we know about Terran Treats, but we've also known a little bit about the Shawarma Cart that's going to be located uh, within Avengers Campus, which is definitely unique for theme park food, which is great. It's maybe not necessarily the most creative idea in the world, but these carts perhaps are maybe going to be a little more standardized.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I get it. I mean, I think I think this was just one of those things that. If you're going to use something like Infinity Stones, which definitely is something that stands out in the MCU, it just seems like this was kind of like, you know, they didn't really, it seems like more effort could have been put into it to at least make it like look uh, unique, I guess. Um, But again, since it is being sold at a cart, it's got to be something that, can be done quickly and and it's got to be something that people eat. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. You could totally see how that is going to play really well with, with guests to the land because, like I said, they are really attractive food items and you can see a lot of people, I mean, anytime there's a new limited edition churro or different churro flavors, there's always that curiosity that's peaked, right? You're always kind of like, well, I wonder how I wonder how that's going to taste, and sometimes they hit, and sometimes they miss. I kind of feel like more often the the limited edition flavors probably are misses, but um, it's always interesting to to kind of give them a shot. And so I, I have a feeling that's that's going to be the case
1: with uh, with the tear and Treat Churro Swirls. Well, they could always just put like a the s'mores churro over there, and I would be happy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man.
0: Maybe there's still time.
1: But uh, yeah, no, I mean I understand. Yeah, the churros are definitely a hit. I think it's more betting on that. It's something that people are going to like. And while there may be some flavors that people like better than others, it's something that they can probably customize right there at the at the cart. And you know, I right. So it's it's less uh, loss as far as as food goes. So. Totally.
0: So, um, but like we said, I mean, there's still, there's still time for maybe a surprise or two. So, hopefully that's, uh, hopefully that's the case. So, we're definitely starting to get a pretty good sense of what Marvel Avengers campus is going to look like whenever it ends up opening. It probably won't be that July 18th date, but, uh, whenever it does open, like I said, we're, we're starting to get a sense of, of, of what that shape is going to be. So, is this, are you still excited for it? Is this all still kind of progressing in the way that you had hoped?
1: I think this is actually pretty much in falling into places the way I figure it would. Uh, I am definitely still interested in it uh, uh, as that, you know, I want to see, I want to see what this new Iron Man armor is uh, what it looks like and uh, what they mean by him. I mean, is this going to be a guy out front in uh, the Iron Man suit, or is it just like, you know, uh, Iron Man kind of statue on display with the suit? But, you know, I'm really interested in seeing how they roll this stuff out. And uh, I definitely want to check out uh, Pim's Kitchen, see see how uh, that big food and small food looks uh the optical illusions they use and uh definitely want to see what uh the the spider-man ride i want to see that uh the spider-man swinging overhead and whatnot so
0: yeah definitely yeah I'm, i'm i think i feel pretty much the same way like it definitely it seems like for you know they came out said that this was only going to be the first part of two parts of kind of this initial phase of avengers campus first opening with spider-man and then the quinjet ride so at least from a moderate expectations standpoint it seems like everything is going to be where it needs to be uh i am i'm totally with you i'm really excited to see what this how the spider-man acrobatic animatronic is going to be incorporated into the land want to be really impressed by it i'm still looking forward to it this sounds this sounds like good times um and i'm excited for that footpath between cars land and uh, hollywood land to be reopened
1: oh yeah Uh, (laughs) i really miss that but i think also a lot of this news Makes me feel like they're trying to future proof like any future changes they may have to do to the land as far as like continuity type issues. Those shouldn't be an issue. And it helps me, at least as a comic book fan, feel like I'm not necessarily going to ever. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever, ever have like a moon night in the land, but you know, who knows? At least this gives me hope for some of these other um, maybe lesser-known lesser, lesser known characters potentially making an appearance at some point.
0: One can
1: always hope, Henry. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one who hopes to see some of these characters. So
0: No. Disney walk-around characters are their own kind of attraction in that every once in a while you'll see one of those rare characters out and about that you just don't see that often and it is a big deal you have people that oftentimes you know are on reddit wondering if people know if certain characters are still out and where to find them and you could totally see that being the case where moon knight makes an appearance and it's like whoa Give henry a call let him know <laughs> hopefully uh once these closures are finished and things slowly start getting rolling again and construction gets up and going that uh, that we get some clarity before too long in terms of when the reopening of Avengers Campus is gonna be so that I can start planning my trip down there uh, and hopefully you'll join me. Hopefully. Plan on it. <laughs> well, that just about does it for today. Remember that you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, or hit that like button. This has been episode 10 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next week. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry, you take care, big guy.